Welcome in to another episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall on the HoopBall Podcast Network. I'm your host, Amy Barling, and I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh, thank you so much for downloading, streaming, and thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, uh, by now, I think we're 11 or 12 episodes in. Hopefully, you're a subscriber. If not, go on and hit the subscribe button, particularly there on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and if you've got a couple of extra moments and you'd like to review the show, that would be fantastic. If you got an extra split second and you can hit those five stars there, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. Those ratings go a very, very long way, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Of course, many of you listening on Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, Radio.com, wherever you're listening, uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button and never miss a single episode. There's plenty to get to today, and I figured... We'd lead off with this because inevitably this question is going to come up and it's probably going to come up numerous times. So before we dig into the meat of this podcast, I thought we'd go ahead and throw this out for you just so everybody knows. Sacramento Kings play a couple of preseason games in India, as we're all aware. The Sacramento Kings are are in India now and their their travels have been much documented. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic yet, make sure you become one. Uh, Sam Amick, uh, he's on the road with them. Uh, make sure you check out The Undefeated as... Uh, De'Aaron Fox is doing a diary with Mark Spears. You could follow everything that the Sacramento Kings are doing uh, on those two entities and, of course, through all the various social media platforms. Uh, But what you're probably most interested in is the fact that the Sacramento Kings are playing a couple of games while in India. They're going to be playing on Friday and Saturday. And, yes, both of those games will be televised. Uh, NBA TV and NBC Sports California are airing both of those games live beginning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, So make sure if you're not an early riser like I am, make sure that your DVR is set uh, and you get the opportunity to watch the Sacramento Kings uh, Friday and Saturday. Again, both games uh, at 6.30 a.m. Luke Walton talked about uh, what these games, what what their approach is to these games before getting on the plane to India. And he was... He, he, he was, we're, we're just going there and we're going to play basketball. We're, we're not going to try to implement a bunch of new strategies. We're not going to try to, uh, you know, implement our game plan for game one of the regular season. We're just going to go in there, try to get a feel for each other, try to establish a tempo as an offense. And perhaps most importantly, at least based on the first three days of practice, uh, we're going to try to establish some consistency on defense. Of course, they'll be playing the Indiana Pacers both days. Uh, so it'll be anxious to see. I'll be anxious to see. Uh, what approach the Sacramento Kings take in terms of pace, minutes throughout the course of both of those games. Uh, One player that will not be on that trip, one player that is not in that trip and won't be playing on Friday, won't be playing on Saturday, is Harry Giles. He is one of two players uh, that did not make the trip to India. Harry Giles and and Tyler Eulis are the two players uh, that didn't get on the road and I think there's a couple of things to take away from this, and this is just all speculation here at this point because we know very little. We had mentioned this uh, earlier this week. Harry Giles, uh, during you know media day, he was asked about like where he's at in terms of his preparation for the season. In a continuation of uh, what Lena was asking, uh, where are you at uh, physically? Are you still in that little rehab thing? Uh, No, like your conditioning is NBA conditioning. Ready to ball, baby. He's ready to ball, baby. Well, I, uh, I guess not yet. Uh, And this has left a lot of Sacramento Kings fans concerned, and rightfully so. If you recall, uh, Harry Giles left the game against the Dallas Mavericks back in March with, if I remember correctly, it was called, it was a left thigh contusion. And we were alerted right away, oh, it's no big deal. It's it's, it's precautionary. 
And then the next day, it was like, oh, he's not going to play in the next game, though. And then suddenly, Harry Giles wasn't playing for the remainder of the season. And again, it, it, it didn't really matter at that point. The Sacramento Kings were out of playoff contention. Uh, we knew that there were probably some changes coming to the coaching position. It, it didn't feel like a big deal. No problem. Shut Harry Giles down for the remainder of the season. Not a big deal. But then he missed the California Classic, and that was the first time where my eyebrows raised a little bit. Like, oh, okay. Because we know the California Classic isn't, it's, it's basically a, it's like a, it's like a preseason summer league. It, it really isn't that big of a deal. But it's at the Golden One Center. And if you recall last year, you know, the first game at the California Classic was a really big deal. We saw De'Aaron Fox play. We saw all of the big names play. And then when they got to Las Vegas, they shut down a little bit. Even in the, the, the later games at the California Classic, guys shut down a little bit. So I figured we'd probably have more of the same this year. We'd probably get one game with, with De'Aaron and Marvin Bagley and, and, and all of the big names involved and, of course, Harry Giles. And when Harry Giles didn't play, I thought, oh, okay. No California Classic. Then he wasn't on the Summer League roster. Huh. Okay. I had to do some research at that point when the Summer League roster came out because I, I needed to go back to March and went through my notes, went through some articles, Sacktown Royalty, The Athletic, Sacramento Bee, our show. Everybody had it as a left eye contusion. Okay. It's a hell of a contusion that, 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 that uh, Harry Giles has on his left leg and you heard him uh there at media day oh I'm, I'm i'm good to go baby i'm ready to ball baby i think there's a couple of things of note with harry giles not making this trip kyle kuzma is rehabbing a stress reaction in his foot uh, that he got uh he got that injury while while working out with usa basketball but the lakers are taking him on the trip to china and i thought to, to me when when i saw okay He's going to be out, I think they said, until mid-October. and But they're going to put him on, you know, they're going to allow him to go on the, the, the trip to China. And, you know, just, a, a, I know this, this, this trip to India is really, really special. For Vivek Ranadive, it's really special for the Sacramento Kings. And for Harry Giles not to be on that trip, I thought, hmm. And I immediately referenced Kyle Kuzma because I thought, okay, Kyle Kuzma's rehabbing from an injury. This These guys are going to China. I don't, I don't think it has the the meaning that the, the the trip to India has for the Kings. I don't think the trip to China has the same meaning for the, for the Lakers. I think it's, uh, it's a cool opportunity. We'll go on and do it. And Kyle Kuzma is going on it. And to me, that was an immediate indication that, okay, the Lakers aren't particularly concerned with this stress reaction that Kyle Kuzma has, because if you are really concerned about someone, it is smart to leave him behind. It is smart to not have him on a plane for, you know, 12 to 18 hours. Uh, depending on which location you're going to. That's that's a sound strategy. But with Kyle Kuzma going on to this trip with the with the Lakers, I thought, okay, they're 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 comfortable with where he's at. This, this is not a big deal. With Harry Giles staying home on a trip that is very, very meaningful to the owner and to the franchise, I I'm sounding the alarm a little bit. I'm a little bit concerned about it. Um big picture, okay. Like if you if you just want to argue the big picture, like, okay, fine. You, you can make that argument, and I'll listen, and I'll say, you know what? You're probably right. In this case, you're probably 100% right. Or maybe you're just 99% right. But that 1%, that makes you think, ah, why didn't Harry Giles go on the trip? Like, is, is, he, is, is he a little bit more banged up than we... And, and what is this really about? Is this about a left eye contusion? Because are we still at the point where 
we're monitoring his injuries from years ago. And hey, man, I he this dude has gone through some catastrophic injuries that eliminated his uh, college basketball career. It eliminated his rookie year with the Sacramento Kings. So I understand. I just thought we were past it. And it and it goes back to rumblings that we heard back in March that uh, it's it's maybe a little bit more serious than a left eye contusion. We had no reason to challenge it because it didn't really matter. We really didn't have much of a reason to pursue it. The season was over. And it was just like, ah, okay, well, the season's over. Shut him down. Really not that big of a deal. Like, what's the advantage in, in, in him rehabbing to get back out on the floor? Why not just rehab so he can have a full productive offseason of training? Which kind of brings me to my next question. What kind of offseason did Harry Giles have? What type of training was he able to do? I think one thing people forget when a player is rehabbing, I'll use DeMarcus Cousins as an example. You know, DeMarcus Cousins rehabbing uh, to get back out onto the court and play with the Golden State Warriors last year. When you're rehabbing, you don't have the ability to work on your game. Like, you don't have the ability to kind of push your workouts to the next level so you could maybe do something different. Maybe you could uh, work on a particular skill that you wanted to spend time working on because you're just trying to get back into the condition of playing basketball. You're trying to get healthy enough to where you can run up and down the floor, be at 100%, and just play basketball. And then once you get back to that condition, you have to get into the condition where you're able to run up and down the floor and do you know so-called basketball conditioning, on-court conditioning. These are all very, very different, you know, very different things than working on a skill. And you see so often, that's why I think the approach with, you know, Kevin Durant is is the perfect approach. If Kevin Durant is healthy by the time the playoffs start or Kevin Durant is healthy towards the end of the regular season, so what? Sit him out. Sit him out through the rest of the regular season. Sit him out through the postseason. And the Brooklyn Nets have already said as much. They don't expect Kevin Durant to play a single solitary second this year. That is the right strategy because... And I, I, I had posed this question on uh, the podcast with Damian Barling, the daily sports podcast I do is, you know, what are the chances of Kevin Durant being on the Olympic team? Because he's going to be healthy by then. And could this be a place for him to get good competitive basketball for, you know, 10 to 12 minutes a game? Could this be his way of getting in shape for next season? Because he's he's going to be healthy at that time. And he's going to be able to, you know, get past the point of, okay, I'm healthy enough to play basketball. I can get on the court and get my basketball win back, but now I can work on skills. Now I can have an actual productive offseason where I'm trying to get better. Like we've, we've, you know, we watch workout videos all the time. We get the pictures of Buddy Heald in the gym. Man, Buddy Heald looks like he's put on 10 pounds of muscle. We've got the, the famous Alex Caruso photoshops. Every, you know, offseason photos in the NBA are, 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 are very much a thing. And it's fun. Like it's a fun thing to, you know, every every basketball player ever has put on 10 pounds of muscle every single offseason. They're all bodybuilders, apparently, in the offseason. But I, I wonder, with, with Harry Giles, if, if he, he didn't play in California Classic, didn't play in Summer League, uh, and, and I, I don't know what his, uh, I don't know what his uh, approach or what Luke Walton's approach has been, with Harry Giles uh, during the first three days of practice, and I think they practiced twice on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what type of offseason did he have? Did he spend the offseason rehabbing? 
Did he spend the offseason trying to get better? Are we, are we even talking about a left thigh contusion? Is this something totally different? Is this something that happened at, at training camp? Is this something that's happened with over the course of the last couple of days? Again, we have very little information. I imagine we're going to get very little information before this team returns. They have a home game. Uh, I think it's against the Phoenix Suns on October 10th at the Golden 1 Center. That's their, you know, once once they get past these games in India, once they get past these games against the Indiana Pacers on Friday and Saturday, that's going to be their next pre- preseason game is October 10th. If we see Harry Giles there October 10th, then okay. It, it was just a precaution to keep him off of the plane for, gosh, I guess, what, what, what would it be? A combined 36 hours if he made the trip, you know, there and back? I get it. Okay, cool. Much ado about nothing. Uh, but I, but, but the, the bigger question for me is, is what did Harry Giles do this off season? Like was, was, was he, did he have to spend, you know, the season rehabbing or was he able to get on the floor uh, with this trainer and with, the, with his team and, and be able to work on his game and get better? That would be my concern uh, as a Sacramento Kings fan, having very little information as to what's going on with Harry Giles right now. That would be my concern is how he was able to spend uh, the last few months. Uh, but again, all of these all of these questions will be answered. I, I I don't imagine there's going to be a ton of Harry Giles focused questions while these guys are in uh, India. I know they got a they've they got a big team dinner plan tomorrow, and then of course they have the games on Friday and Saturday. Then they'll make their way back here. They'll resume training camp, and they'll have that game October 10th at the Golden One Center. And I imagine when these guys get back from practice, or excuse me, when these guys get back to practice in Sacramento, California, that's when. Uh, we'll get some more information on where Harry Giles is and what the Sacramento Kings expect as the preseason rolls along. And expect is a nice little transition here into our next conversation. As we uh, talked about media day last week, or uh, earlier this week, excuse me, and we talked about kind of the, the opening to practice and the opening to training camp, there was a lot of conversation about expectations and expectations headed into the year. And it's it's hard not to have that. It's hard not to have that with the Kings finishing Last year with 39 wins and being at the ninth spot in the Western Conference and having what feels like a a lot of positive momentum. Not very many experts are picking them to make the playoffs. But I think everybody sees a potential for growth. And we heard Marvin Bagley withdraw from USA Basketball. We heard... De'Aaron Fox withdraw from USA Basketball because they wanted to focus on this upcoming season. And we even heard uh, that they wanted to focus on ending the playoff drought for the Sacramento Kings. So it's like, okay, that appears to be the barometer out there. I was anxious to hear uh, because that's a question that inevitably comes up. And, you know, when you're going on 13 years of missing the playoffs or you're at 13 years of missing the playoffs and you start to looking at 14 and 15 and the years are starting to pile up, Every year, the question is going to be asked about ending the playoff drought. And that question was asked to Vlade Divac when he was interviewed on the jump and he was headed into the Naismith Hall of Fame. And I thought he did a fantastic job of answering it. You know, Rachel Nichols asked him, hey, do you, do you expect your team to make the playoffs this year? And Vlade said, I expect the team to be better. I expect us to continue to grow. I expect us to take steps forward. And man, this young Sacramento Kings team, they took that, uh, they they took Vlade as the leader of how to answer that question because they all answered it in very similar ways. No one made a playoff proclamation, and to the best of my knowledge, none of the Sacramento Kings were actually talking about the playoffs. They, of course, many media members asked them about the playoffs, but they were talking about growth. 
they were talking about coming together as a complete unit and uh, building off of what they started to do last year. And you go from, you, you know, Harry Giles, Luke Walton, De'Aaron Fox, those guys were all talking about the Western Conference. And that's, you know, that's, I did a couple of interviews this week for some, for some other podcasts talking about the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, the playoff question keeps coming up because Sacramento Kings have people's attention. Uh, what the Sacramento Kings did got people's attention. Obviously, the signing of Luke Walton got people's attention. I think most people thought that the Sacramento Kings had a, had a solid free agency. Uh, one that established, if nothing else, it established the fact that the Sacramento Kings believe in De'Aaron Fox. Uh, they believe in Marvin Bagley. They believe in Buddy Heald. They believe in their core group of players. But when the playoff question comes up, it's, it's, it's always a simple answer for me. You've got, you've got eight teams. Sacramento Kings didn't make it. You want to put them in? Okay, who are you taking out? The first team everybody's going to say is the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's fine. I think you're right. The Oklahoma City Thunder aren't going to make the playoffs. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be significantly better than anybody is giving them credit for, but they're not going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Okay, so we remove them. You want to put the Kings in? That's fine, but remember the Los Angeles Lakers finished 10th. I'm sure most of you are aware that the Sacramento, the, that the Los Angeles Lakers made a couple of off-season acquisitions uh, that have the national media very excited about that team. Anthony Davis being the only one that matters. Anthony Davis there along with LeBron James. You got Frank Vogel as the head coach. You can think about that however you want to. Uh, I have my feelings on it. We'll see how that goes. I personally, I, I do believe that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're finishing one, two, three, or four, but I think they are making the playoffs. So, okay, if Oklahoma City is out and the Los Angeles Lakers are in, that means you got to take out one more team to get the Kings in there. And we're not going to talk about the Timberwolves. I don't think the Timberwolves are making the playoffs. I don't think the Grizzlies are making the playoffs. Pelicans, they're going to fight. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. Dallas, I have expressed my frustration with the, the coverage of the Dallas Mavericks for quite a while. I, no, they're not making the playoffs this year. Phoenix certainly is not. But I think Dallas is going to be extremely competitive. Uh, I think New Orleans is going to be extremely competitive. Both of those teams finished with 33 wins last year. Maybe those two teams are finishing more in the vicinity of 39 where the Sacramento Kings were last year, or maybe even 40. Because remember, with the Kings at ninth, the Los Angeles Clippers made the playoffs at 48 wins last year. Anybody taking the Clippers out with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? I know Paul George is going to be limited for a while, but I still think this is a very good Clippers team with Kawhi Leonard, and I have just the utmost respect for their coach. So I don't have the Clippers out. Anybody ready to, to end the Spurs streak? Because DeJounte Murray is back, by the way. Their best player didn't play for them last year. Any, anybody ready to take the Spurs out? They had 48 wins last year without DeJounte Murray. I'm not. Houston? Utah? Portland? Denver? Some people have Golden State out. I think that's, in, that's, that's insanity. I think it's absolutely insane to say the Golden State Warriors aren't making the playoffs. I think the Golden State Warriors might win 50 games this year. I don't have them missing the playoffs at all. But you've got to remove some. And this is where, you know, you've, get, you've, you've got to have some luck on your side. The Sacramento Kings went through the bulk of last season. As a matter of fact, I think that they went through all of last season. You know, barring the, they, they went through all of the, the meaningful portions of last season without suffering any sort of catastrophic injury. 
See, they lost Harry Giles. They lost Marvin Bagley there at the end. But one, those weren't catastrophic injuries. And two, the season was, was kind of a wrap there at that point. Like, it was done. So, can Denver get through an entire year with everybody healthy? Portland. Portland loses one of their key cogs. Obviously, they lost one last year. Uh, but they were able to, to they, they lost them very, very late in the season. Houston. Houston's got to keep their guys healthy. Utah. Utah is one of those teams where, man, the basketball media seems to love them. People think that the Utah Jazz could be up there at, at, at number one or number two. I'm not there yet. If you want to put them in the top three or four without putting them at one or two, like, okay. You know, the Denver Nuggets, by the way, they, they need to maintain everything that they built last year. Remember, we just saw the Minnesota Timberwolves end their playoff drought to make the playoffs once. And now they've started a new playoff drought. <laughs> like they didn't make it last year. And I personally don't think they're going to make it this year. So we're all in on Denver, right? We all believe that Denver is, 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 is the big Western Conference team. Okay. Who falls out for the Sacramento Kings to get in? I think the, I think the competitiveness of the Western Conference is going to create, it's going to be a situation a lot like we had last year where, you know, it was Utah there at the fifth seed with, with 50 wins. And Oklahoma City had 49. San Antonio had 48. The Los Angeles Clippers had 48. We might see something like that and maybe stretch it even higher to like, three seed, four seed, five seed, all the way down to 10th seed where we're talking about the separation. By the time that game 82 finishes, we might see between seeds three and 10 a separation of a game and a half to two and a half games. That's, I think, the competitiveness. And then even once you start to factor in, you know, the teams like Dallas or the teams like New Orleans, we might only be talking about five games there at that point. I don't think there is a truly awful team in the Western Conference. I mean, Phoenix is going to get better at some point, right? Like, they have to. I would, I would think they have to. I, I have too much respect for Monty Williams to think that that team is going to be a 19-win team this year. I mean, it, when you look at them, even at it's 30 wins, right? That's, that's plus 11 over last year. And that puts them in the vicinity of where the Dallas Mavericks were last year where the New Orleans Pelicans were last year, where the Memphis Grizzlies were, who, by the way, there was a fleeting moment where the Memphis Grizzlies were the number one team in the Western Conference. So the it's going to be a cluster in the Western Conference. It's, it's the way it's, in my opinion, that's, that's what the competitiveness shakes out to be. It's going to be these teams beating up on each other all year because I don't think there is one clear team there's no golden state warriors this year there's no and you know what i mean by that there's no you know 67 win team they're all going to be clumped up in there we may have we may have five or six 50 win teams like we did last year and and i've already told you i think we're going to have a separation of of three to ten that's about you know a game and a half to two and a half games i don't think it's going to be much bigger than that so those games where the sacramento kings you know you, you look at the last game of the season when they blew that lead to Portland, you look at the blown lead against Phoenix. Now, those things happen. They happen all throughout the year. They happen to every team. It's not exclusive to the Kings. But it's magnified when you start to factor in, okay, that'd be 40 wins and that'd be 41 wins. Those numbers, those types of games, those type of 
you know, what we all call mental lapses, because I really think that's the only way to possibly explain a team losing a 17 point lead in the final quarter or just taking up, you know, a complete fall apart in the second half. We call those mental lapses. They could be physical lapses. They could, they could be whatever you want them to be. It could just be, you know, the other team hit the gas and the Sacramento Kings didn't. You could, you could explain it or attempt to explain it however you want to. But with how competitive the Western Conference is going to be next year, just as it was last year, but as competitive as it's going to be next year, you're going to start looking at those games. And again, they happen to everybody. You're going to start looking at them differently. Because now suddenly the Kings missed the playoffs by two games, and you can reference at least three just at the Golden 1 Center that the Kings should have won. Now for every game that they lost, there's one that they stole. Buddy Heald's game in Detroit. Like that was, Kings played like garbage. Like, absolute just three-day-old trash. But Buddy Heald hit the right shot, and Buddy Heald's shot was trash. But it went in, and that's all that matters. They got out of Detroit with a victory. So for, you know, for each Portland or Phoenix or Brooklyn, you know, there's a Detroit. Uh, so the, the, you, you, you think that they ultimately even out, but teams that make the playoffs, those games, they, they wind up having far fewer of them. Far, far fewer. They have far more uh, in Detroit games versus, you know, at home against the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, which anyone who watched that game will never forget it. Like that was, that was just amazing. That Brooklyn Nets game was incredible and not for a good, not in a good way at all. So you, you have to eliminate those, those, those games at the Kings because wings now, if you're the Kings, because those, those wins now, they're, they're, they're a premium. Those are your playoff spots. That's what matters the most. But I was pleasantly surprised and equally pleased to not see them rushing to talk about, oh, we got to end the playoff drought. Like, that's the expectations. It's it's playoff or bust. Like, I think I heard, uh, and I don't remember if it was James Harden or Russell Westbrook. You, you know, you hear, you know, various uh, players. Oh, it was actually, it was neither one of them. It was Joel Embiid talking about, you know, finals or bust. Like, we, we, we need to be in the NBA finals. It was nice to not hear the Sacramento Kings talk about playoffs or bust because you, you set yourself up for really difficult expectations there, really difficult expectations to, to uh, achieve. And now you've got your fan base on alert. Like, in, the fan base is already on alert. You know, I heard we, we got calls last year of people saying, oh, who cares if we don't? I mean, the Kings are a 50-win team next year. It's like, oh, man. It'd be awesome if the Kings were a 50-win team. I think the Kings have the, they have the talent to be very good. I think we've got to factor in Luke Walton and him establishing some things and think we also have to factor in that guys like De'Aaron Fox and through the bulk of the season, Marvin Bagley and and Buddy Heald, I don't think missed a game last year. So when you factor those things in, man, they're, they're really important. You need luck on your side. As you enter a season and as you go through a season, you need some dominoes to fall in your direction. You need some things to go your way. Uh, and hopefully the Sacramento Kings have that. Uh, appreciate you so much for listening, man. This is going to be a busy weekend again. Remember, uh, the games will be televised. The games in India uh, will be televised both on NBA TV and NBC Sports California. Uh, whatever your preference there is, uh, make sure you set your DVR if you're not an early riser. 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, you'll also be able to stream the games for those of you that got to go to work on NBA.com and through the NBA app. So, uh, that answers one of the most frequently asked questions. Yes, those games will be available for you there on TV. And then, of course, we'll recap them. We'll recap both of them, give you our thoughts on the first 
preseason games of the season uh, for your Sacramento Kings. Again, appreciate you so much for uh, listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, uh, please do. We're available everywhere. Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, as I mentioned. Apple Podcast is super important. Take a split second uh, to rate the show five stars. If you got an extra minute or two, leave us a review. That would be fantastic. The season is almost here. Tell your friends about us. Uh, share it on social media. Tell your friends all about the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. You got any thoughts here uh, on the show or my opinions on the Sacramento Kings? You can send those at 916-888-5898. Again, that is our 24-7 text line. You can even leave voicemails there. 916-888-5898. If you want to uh, take part and more conversations with me. I got a daily sports talk show that drops every day uh, right around 10 o'clock. You can check out the podcast with Damian Barling on these very same podcast platforms. Uh, just search my name. You should have no trouble finding it. It is the podcast with Damian Barling. Appreciate you so much for listening here to the Sacramento Kings podcast on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.